Welcome to the eighth episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Today you'll hear from Gar Judd about focusing on faith and service. We hope that as you listen, you'll receive inspiration from the Spirit for your professional, personal, and spiritual life. In every episode, we interview prosperous members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal of the show is to encourage and inspire young adult members of the church. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for being with me today, Brother Judd. Um, I'm really excited to, to talk to you. Would you just start by giving me a little bit of an introduction about who you are and, and what you do? Certainly. Uh, my name is Gar Judd, originally from Las Vegas, Nevada. I came up to Utah to go to school, met and married a local girl, and uh, have raised a, a family here in, in Orem. I'm married to the the beautiful Michelle Ludlow, and we have three amazing kids, uh, Justin, Janny, and, and Jackie. And I uh, currently am uh, running a little startup called Zemi Wellness. We are a, an HR wellness component that helps companies implement wellness programs for their employees. Okay, really cool, thank you. So I want to start actually with Kind of your upbringing. Were you raised in the church? What and um, your mission? Like, how did that? How did that first like twenty years of your life go? <laughs> yeah, I was I was raised, born and raised in Las Vegas of, of all places. People think that's uh, really odd when they hear people are, are from Las Vegas, as you probably get occasionally. Uh-huh. But I, I was raised in the church. I had great parents. I had. My grandparents, I was surrounded with uncles and aunts and cousins, and it was a, a very safe, a, a very um, great environment to grow up in. My dad is, is a great man and, and really was a, a great example in showing me the value of, of church service. From him, I, I learned that there's a lot to be said for being at the right place at the right time with the right attitude. And he is uh, just a, a salt of the earth uh, man, a, a great father, a great, uh, I, as I watched him as a, as a husband to my mother, just always kind and respectful. One other interesting thing I learned from my dad is he was, he, he's very quiet. He doesn't say a lot, but when he speaks, it's generally very profound. And uh, so I learned that there's a lot that you can learn from listening. And oftentimes he would remind me to put my mind in gear before I put my mouth in motion. And I think that's a a wise counsel that is serving me even today. Yeah. Well, that's good. So your dad was a great example for you and, and you were raised in the church. So it sounds like you had some things like set up, like life is, life is set up to be just this perfect wonderland. Right. But, but how did that go? Like, tell me about, tell me about your mission and, and where you went from there. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's, 
as a kid, you think that uh, your life is going to roll out a certain way. And if you, you keep the commandments, it's going to roll out a certain way and that all these blessings are going to come. And as we get older, you know, we, we understand a little bit more the, the depth and the complexity and, and uh, the love of our Heavenly Father and that uh, we need to let him prevail. But anyway, I uh, was called to serve a mission in uh, Chile, Santiago. Oh, um, a little backstory on that. Uh, all my, all my whole life, I've been preparing to, to serve a two-year mission. You know, attended seminary, saved my money, and, and did all the things that I needed to do to, to prepare for this mission. I put my papers in in uh, the end of March, and that a uh, couple of weeks later, there was we had our general conference. And the announcement was made that the missions would be consolidated to 18 months. And so I, uh, my call I received from uh, President Kimball, it was, I was called to an 18-month mission to the Chile-Santiago South Mission. And I was excited to go to Chile, but a little bit disappointed that it was only going to, going to be for 18 months. Yeah. Um, but having that, uh, it caused me to realize that there was so much more that I needed to do in a shorter period of time. Right. And I, I think that helped me to, to focus a little bit more on, on studying harder at the MTC and, and doing all those things that I needed to do to prepare as much as I could to be the best missionary that I could possibly be. Awesome. It's interesting that the mission teaches you so many life lessons. Um, one thing it, it taught me was I, I learned to be able to be flexible and, and somewhat chill as I if, as you have to live with other people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, that skill carries on throughout uh, college when you have roommates and, and through married life with your spouse. And so that was an important lesson that I learned at that time. I also learned that I... I grew to have a, an intense and, and very deep love for the people of Chile. And I think that was um, a huge help in, in helping me overcome some of the shortcomings and imperfections that I had. I also learned that uh, hard work can compensate for a lot of my, uh, my imperfections and my lack of gospel knowledge. And, and again, that uh, that trait has, has served me throughout my my professional career as well. Hmm. Good. So the the big takeaways from your mission, then, like you were saying, were were hard work, love for these people, and I'm I'm sure a a strong testimony, but also this this idea. I'm sure that that specific mission has affected things for you in your life, right? Knowing that it was a little bit shorter than you were anticipating probably made you realize, okay, like I've got to, I've got to step up to the plate and, and do this to like really get down to work. Right. So that amplified the hard work, I'm guessing. Absolutely. There was, there was no time to waste. Um, you know, as, as I'm thinking about that question, now I, a couple other things that really resonate that I took away from that mission. I learned the, the power of bearing testimony. Hmm. 
in helping to bring a, a, the spirit of the Holy Ghost into a situation to bear testimony of the truths that we were being that were being taught. And then I also learned the, the power of priesthood blessings. And I, I saw miracles happen through the power of those priesthood blessings. And it's, uh, it, it's just helped uh, just solidify that foundation that I had as a, a kid on the, the truthfulness of the gospel that uh, we have a savior in, in Jesus Christ and we have a heavenly father who loves us. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I feel the same way about my mission in a lot of ways, but with other, other individual doctrines and principles, right? I think God has this way of giving us experiences and people and circumstances that help us to build our strengths and also build on top of our weaknesses, right? That ether 1227, like we have to kind of move away from our weaknesses and, and figure out how to make them our strengths through Christ, right? So, so let's talk about after your mission then. You got home and, and what was that like? What did you do after? <laughs> so I, I returned home. I immediately enrolled in, in, into the Y, came up to, to Provo for my sophomore year. Um, up here within the first few weeks, I uh, met my soon-to-be wife, an interesting story with that. She was happened to be the roommate of a friend of mine that I dated a little bit before the mission, but in a, a friendly sort of way. And um, it uh, created a real awkward situation when I first asked Michelle out because in her mind and in the mind of everybody else in that, uh, that uh, apartment of, of uh, young women, um, I was this other girl's missionary. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but fortunately, I was very persistent, and I wore Michelle down, and she finally relented to go out with me. And we've been uh, married now for a long time. 38 will be coming up on 38 years. Wow. That is incredible. So how has, how has she been, um, I guess, I don't want to say like an asset, like that makes it sound like a like non-human thing, but how has she been essential in, in your life and in your journey? I think of all the, the people on the earth, Michelle is the only one that could have helped me to improve and and be the better uh, sense of myself than probably anybody else on the earth she's it's in my mind it was a, a match made in heaven she's been so kind and patient and understanding with with me and my imperfections and shortcomings and i really appreciate and love her for that she's helped me become a better person no doubt but it's also been fun to watch her in her role as a, a wife and a mother, as she has nurtured and, and raised our children, to see the, the divinity that uh, women possess 
and the, the greatness that they possess. And I, I really have learned to have a, a tremendous amount of respect for, for all women. And I especially love my wife and, and my two daughters. Man, that is a good tribute, good tribute to her. Like if I, if I can find a wife who will just enhance my view of all womankind, like that's the goal, right? Like a good example, right? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, okay. So you, you went to, to BYU, you met your wife and um, how, how long was it till you guys were married? Just cause I'm curious. Uh, I got home at Christmas Eve. And we were married exactly eight months later. Wow. Man, that's it, crazy. It, it was fairly quick. And yeah. And for me, and, and I know this doesn't happen for everybody. And and I think it had to happen for me this way because I'm I'm kind of slow and I'd rather dance. Um but from almost the, the first time I saw her, I, I knew that that she, we would be married. Hmm. Um, and so that gave me a lot of, I was, I, I was fairly shy uh, and that gave me a lot of confidence to um, move forth with uh, great diligence in pursuing that relationship. Nice. Good. Well, then what did you, what did you study while you guys were, I guess you're moving along in this relationship, but you're also at school, right? So what were you studying and why? Yeah, we were both at, going to school at the time. I was studying business, and we had a fun opportunity to do a, a, a study abroad type of experience in Australia. Wow. It was a, a work-study experience, and so that was a lot of fun. So we did that, came back. Um, we ended up having one child while we were still in school, our, our oldest son. And then uh, she graduated in, uh, in April and I graduated in December of that same year with a degree in business management and an emphasis in finance. Awesome. Interestingly enough, though, I started my intent when I started going to school at Hawaii was to uh, uh, focus on the sciences, whether it was astronomy or physics or, or something of that nature. Hmm. But I, I took quite a a big uh, detour and I'm, I'm grateful for the the uh, degree that I earned and the, the study and the experiences that I that I gained going down that path good so you changed your major early I, on I did wow and okay so for me that's like a I'm like oh like there are these other majors that I'm like maybe this would be better that's an intimidating decision so how did you how did you make that decision great question and I think a lot of it had to do as I was initially getting into the some of the uh, early classes for what I thought I wanted to do I realized that the end result would more than likely have me end up being in a, a classroom setting or and, and that uh, was just not as exciting to me as as some other things that I thought could utilize some of my my, my personality and skill set a little bit better. Yeah. And, so, and I had some some roommates that were going down that business path. And so it was yeah. fun to kind of hang out with them and study together. And Yeah. 
So you had some good, like you had friends in the right direction. I think that's always important, right? You had that. And, but at the same time, it, it probably took some faith to, to make that decision and make that change. Yeah, that is, that's so true. It, uh, it just reiterates kind of that underlying theme for my, my whole life that, that if I do everything that I, I should be doing and have the courage to exercise the faith that Heavenly Father will guide and direct and, and open doors for me um, that are really obvious because as, as I mentioned earlier, I'd rather dance. Um, but make a, an obvious path forward for me, it, it's always worked out. And as I look back upon my life, you know, what they say about 2020, it's it's always worked out when I've exercised that faith and, and let God prevail. Good. Man, thank you. That's that's really good. So you're you're moving through school and you've made this 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 essentially decision early in your life right i'm i'm letting god prevail no matter what in in every aspect of my life and i'm sure that's served you well like you were saying so you're you're in school and you graduate in business and then what do you do you just started applying for jobs or so i was in a very unique situation i actually did summer sales while i was going through school ah great as 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 many uh, do yeah and uh, for me, it was a, a wonderful experience, a great experience. I learned a lot of skills. I, I learned a lot more about myself. I uh, learned that, you know, rejection isn't that bad and because it's, you know, there's always something better that comes along. Um, but we did that as uh, Michelle and I, she supported me as we did that for, for several summers. And then when I graduated, the company that I was working for, uh, offered me a VP position at the time. Wow. So that made that transition from graduation to my first real job uh, quite easy. Yeah, that's great. So you you were able to graduate and then with that education, they're like, awesome, we love you. We're gonna we're gonna give you this this position. So that's fantastic. And then from there, kind of what what direction did your career go? And <laughs> so, so you know, you you think that you graduate from from school with a degree, and and the path is going to be kind of straight and and linear, and and mine has not been that way. My path, <laughs> my professional career, has been uh, kind of all over the place and a little bit eclectic. And again, I I think. It's, you know, even though it's been a non-traditional route um, and it's probably not the path that I would have chosen for myself, it's been a great path. And again, I, I give credit to the, the fact that you know, let God direct my, my steps and, and open the doors and, and push me down the path and things will, will work out great. I uh, I spent some time with this summer sales uh, company as their VP and and thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and then I was being invited to speak to to chamber of commerce events, and people were asking me to for help with this project, this business project, or that business project. And so I thought, well, maybe I've got something of value 
to share. And so I decided to, to open that entrepreneurial door and I started a, a little business consulting practice. And I did that for uh, about a decade and really loved it. And it, uh, I enjoyed working with small businesses, startups, uh, medium-sized businesses, and helping the, these companies grow and kind of take it to the, to the next level. And I, I learned so much about different types of businesses, different types of, of business solutions. And I, I think one, maybe one of the things that has created my uh, non-traditional professional path is I just really enjoy learning new things. Mm. And I, I have the belief that if you've got some, some ba a basic skill set, and in my case, it's some basic business skill sets, that you can take those and, and kind of transfer them from, from industry to industry and can still find success. And so I, I uh, did the, the business consulting thing for a while. Then I was asked to get involved with a, a local charity. Hmm. And I was, uh, I was the executive director of the regional Red Cross here wow. in uh, central Utah. Um, and it was interesting. Uh, I think one thing that appealed to the board of directors at the time that, that they were looking for, to bring me on was those business skills that I had. Mm -hmm. And typically, I think in, in a lot of the nonprofit settings, those that lead tend to be the ones that have a, a real passion yeah. for, the, for the mission or, or their cause. And they, they do a great job, but oftentimes they don't have the, the business skill set to kind of put that, uh, that business structure into place and, and really grow it. Mm -hmm. um, I had the, the opportunity to take those, those skills and apply it to the Red Cross here. And it was just a, a, such a wonderful, fun experience. Every day I'd come home and I'd have those warm fuzzies of, of doing something great and, and helping people. And it, it was just a, a great, wonderful experience. Uh, one thing that I learned the very first day as I, I started there, I wasn't sh uh, sure who was the paid uh, team members and who were the volunteers. Hmm. And so I ended up treating everybody as if they were a volunteer. Hmm. Now, what that did is, you know, typically when you're working with a volunteer, they're not paid. They're doing it because they, uh, they they love the mission. They love the purpose. Right. And the the thing that uh, really resonates with them is is a job well done. The the gratitude, the appreciation, and and those non monetary gifts, for lack right. of a better word. And so I, I use that approach to everybody. And uh, the volunteers appreciated it, and the, the paid uh, team members also appreciated it because it was it was more than just a paycheck they were getting from me. It was appreciation and gratitude and, and kindness and patience um, that maybe you don't get in a, a different type of situation. 
Yeah. You don't get that everywhere, right? It's something that, and that's something that we all crave too, right? So I've noticed that people who have that ability to recognize strengths in other people and appreciate them often are, are pretty successful just because other people want to be around you, right? They're like, no, this guy's great. <laughs> and you're right. We all, we all want that. Yeah. We all want to be appreciated and recognized for, for what we contribute. Yeah. Okay. So you're at the Red Cross and I, f- so that was a big, a big lesson for you probably being there was, well, like I could treat everyone as if they, as if like, they're not getting anything out of this. They're just great people. Right. So first of all, you're seeing them all as just incredible people who are just really there for the right reason. And then second, you're, you're reinforcing that behavior with, with love and appreciation. And so I'm sure that that would serve you in, in other areas. So then where did you go after that? You're, you're absolutely right. That, uh, that um, epiphany I've taken with me to all my other uh, positions. So from the Red Cross, I uh, went and worked, I got out back into the, the for-profit world and worked with Gold's Gym that later became Vasa Fitness. And with a phenomenal team, we created one of the best corporate wellness programs along the Wasatch Front hmm. here in Utah. And from that experience, I, I really learned the, the value of working hard, playing hard, hmm. and getting everybody in alignment on the same goals. And I found that, uh, again, most of these things I, I just discovered by accident. I wasn't any genius in, in having premeditated any of this. But uh, it was amazing as we were all on the same page, focused on the same goals, having fun working together. It created a a great company culture. There was an amount of loyalty that I have not felt in any other organization. And we were able to accomplish just some phenomenal things. And, And that group of people that I worked with are some of my dearest friends. Uh, because we we were friends at work and we built that friendship yeah and awesome so okay so something that is kind of on my mind was as you're talking is it seems like sometimes when when i hear these stories of people like moving in between like different areas but the same kind of general direction right um it seems like that was just easy you went to college and then you got all these executive positions and things were great and it was easy, but where was, do you feel like those were doors opened to you by God? Do you feel like you had to struggle sometimes to, to find that? How did that all go? No, that's a, a very great question, Austin. Um, there were some times where I really struggled um, as to think, okay, what's, what's my next step going to be? Um, Am I, am I qualified to do this or that or the other? Um, and as I put some feelers out for different opportunities that I thought may be good for me, it was discouraging at times to, to get rejected. Yeah. Um, time and time and time and time again. But um, again, looking back and, and exercising the faith that 
know, things would work out. It, it gave me hope and it gave me comfort and most importantly, confidence to keep moving forward. Um, because I, I can look back now historically and see that, that everything has worked out. And with the, the passing of more time and as things continue to, to work out, it gives me more and more faith, more and more courage, more and more confidence that you know, if I'm doing what I, I need to be doing and I'm um, putting forth the effort that I need to be putting forth, um, things will work out. Yeah. And, and you've got the, the whole lesson of, of faith without works. Um, you just can't have blind faith and, and just sit around and, and, and wait for something amazing to happen. But it, it, you, you've got to put forth the effort. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was thinking as you were talking is like you uh, you had to deal with some rejection right later on in, in your career or in middle or whatever you want to call that. Right. But you had to deal with that from the beginning with the, the summer sales and stuff. Right. So interestingly, God kind of gave you these experiences to he's like, all right, here's a here's an opportunity for you. Right. And you moved with that faith you're like all right i'll take it i'll i'll go and i'll act and that not only taught you lessons every time but helped you to prosper temporarily as well yeah that's that's a great observation going even going back to the mission part dealing with rejection right and and you bring up a good point that i've not thought about but all these experiences have kind of built a, a basis that that uh, I can, that's kind of a, a, a safety net. Yeah. I know I won't fall beyond that and I can have that safety net there that I can continue to, to build off of. Yeah, I've heard that um, uh, the best, I'm gonna totally butcher it, but like the best way to mitigate risk right? Because people want to like invest and they're like, oh, it's risky, whatever. The best way to get rid of risk is just to learn, right? The more you learn, like you said, that that love of learning is essential. And as we do that, we become more valuable in the world and in this capitalist society, right? We can, we can thrive. So true. So very true. Yeah. So that love of learning, I'm sure has served you. And then after Golds, where did you where did you end up? <laughs> well, the, the journey continues, Austin. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, from from Golds, I was had an opportunity to get involved in the home health and hospice world, hmm. and I was hired as a president of a home health and hospice agency, and had an opportunity to work with uh, 130 of some of the most caring, compassionate, kind people that I've ever met, who's, who's have a passion and a desire and a love to serve those who are uh, struggling with health issues or end of life. And it, uh, you know, I really, really gained a lot of respect, a lot of love to see these caregivers and, and the sacrifices that they would make to benefit others. That's really interesting. I, it seems like, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, right? But 
it seems like a lot of the time, even if you were in leadership roles, you were learning from the people that you were leading, right? They were in a lot of ways, your like mentors, we could call them just through existing and, and being themselves and being the great people that they were. So true. And from that experience, uh, one of the, the business takeaways that I learned is the value of empowering people to own their jobs, hmm. to own their responsibilities, and to give them the, the freedom to make decisions that would benefit those that, that they're serving, whether it's customers or patients or, or whatever that may be. And the big takeaway I got is people were, were empowered to do that. Our, uh, a lot of our problems were solved right at the front line. They didn't escalate any higher. Our clients were happier because their problems were being solved quicker with a better resolution from somebody that was just right there with them. And so that the takeaway there is, you know, we got to give our, our employees and those that we work with a lot more credit than oftentimes we give them. Right. Because they they can solve problems, they know what's going on, and, and they can handle those obstacles a lot better than um, yeah, a manager or an executive could. Right. Yeah, I feel like people really thrive when you give them responsibility, right? Or at least I do, right? When people trust you, when people say like, hey, I have this big thing that I need you to do, I need your skill set. It's like, whoa, okay, I'll do it. And and we have to, right? Especially as, as a leader, you can't do it all. So you have to empower people. Yeah, one of, one of my mentors uh, in that first company that I worked for when I graduated was Steve Schallenberger. And Steve Schallenberger is the one that really helped me understand that because he took me aside and he said, okay, Gar, let's look and talk about what the goals are for the company. And so we set out our goals and then he says, okay, this is where we're at now. This is where we want to be. You figure out how we're going to get there. And for a, a, a brand new executive, this was kind of scary. I, I felt I needed somebody to, to hold my hand a little bit. But he exercised a huge, a huge amount of trust and faith in me and, and trusted my, my schooling, my experience, my abilities, my creativity to get us from where we were at to where we wanted to be as a company. And I, I really appreciated the, that trust that he put in me. And it's, uh, I've incorporated that uh, management style in a lot of things that I've done since. It's a great, great principle. And yeah. Steve Schallenberger was a great mentor. Wow, that's good. It's, it makes me want to like do the same thing, right? Like just really, point out people's strengths and, and help them to have responsibility, trust them with things. And as we do that, we, we all grow, right? We all benefit. So it's really, really cool. Thank you. So I want to ask on this journey, how, how do you feel like faith has been, has been essential? What do you feel like it would be without without faith and, and how has that been essential? Well, I remember back as a primary kid, 
first learning about the word of wisdom hmm. and the promises that that come with keeping the the word of wisdom and I, and I thought as I was probably seven or eight thinking you know I can do that because because I want to to run and not faint and walk and not be wary or however that that yeah. goes you may need to to edit that for me but no, anyway <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I thought okay here's a here's a commandment here's the blessings I can do that right and and I had faith that that would happen and and as a, a faith of a child it's proven to be true and I think that uh, that negative faith was kind of instilled at that point, and it has just grown as I've uh, grown and matured, both as an individual uh, in my profession, and, and more importantly, as uh, in the gospel. And, and I really appreciate President Nelson's comments the last, most recently, is uh, let God prevail. Uh, let God prevail. As we let God prevail, there'll be more, we'll find more happiness in our lives. As we let God prevail, we'll gain more confidence and courage to, to even let him prevail more. It's, it's, it's a, a great cycle. And that has, has blessed my, my life as with my schooling, with my career, with my, uh, my courtship, with my wife, with my children, with my church callings it's kind of been that that underlying current that's carried me throughout my life i like what you said about how it's a it's a cycle right that's kind of what is talked about in in like alma 32 right it's a cycle you exercise faith even if you've got like just a little bit you're like okay i'll move forward just like you had said right you you just act on it you can't be stagnant god can't steer a parked car right? So you just, you just go and then you see that witness, right? It says in ether 12, four, six, I don't know. One of those where it's like, you, you don't receive a witness until after the trial of your faith, right? So we move forward and our faith grows. And like you said, kind of gives you this current that, that has propelled you forward. So really cool. And so, all right, so let's, let's get towards the, towards where you are now. Like how did, how did Zemi wellness come around? And is that, did I say that right? That's how you yeah. say it. Okay. So how did that come about? So a, a little interesting story there. Well, first off, while I was at Gold's, I, I really enjoyed the, the industry. I enjoyed the, the, the feeling of helping companies help their employees. And um, corporate wellness just, resonated with me hmm. when I was was uh, young of 39 I had a heart attack and it wow. was extremely out of the blue and so wellness has always since that time has kind of been at the, the forefront of my mind um, you may look at me and sometimes wonder if it really does but it it is in <laughs> fact true um, I a uh, little secret here I love chocolate Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's my advice. Um, but anyway, I, I had an opportunity to get back into the, the wellness industry. And 
a door opened and again, it was a, kind of a, a no brainer. And so we, we went down this path. I got a partner and a business partner and we put this, this Zemi Wellness together. But a little interesting story on how the name Zemi came to pass. My wife and I and our family, we loved to, to travel. As a family, we, we enjoyed exploring the world and, and seeing new people and new cultures and, and new areas. And, and it, it's, it's better than any book learning you could ever get. Yeah. But we were on a trip and came across this most beautiful beach that we've ever seen. And the beach is called, was called Zemi Beach. And I thought, gosh, I love this beach and I like the name. And so I kind of put that, uh, that name in the back, in my back pocket and kind of carried it with me for a while. And then it came time to, to come up with a, a name for our, our new wellness company, our, our startup. And so I was doing some research and I found that Zemi, and, and Zemi Beach is in the Caribbean. It's on the uh, island of Anguilla. But I was doing some research and I found that Zemi is a Caribbean Indian term that means the vessel that holds the spirit. Wow. And I thought, there can't be a better name for a corporate wellness company yeah. than Zemi. And, and so... You know, we we put that uh, in place and we've got a great team that we work with and, and some amazing clients and we continue to grow. We started just before COVID and it kind of created a hiccup in our growth plans, but uh, we're moving past that and, and starting to ramp up. And it's been a great blessing for, for me and for our coaches, and for the companies that we're able to, to serve. And it's just a lot of fun. Well, that's incredible. It's a, it's an admirable a thing to do anyway, right? Like it, it's helping people to, to be healthier and to, to live the better, the best life that they can. Right? And, and that is really kind of our focus is we want people to, to be able to live the best lives that they can. Um, because when you're, when you're, when you're healthy and, and you are able to you're able to do so much more and experience so much more of life and, and enjoy your, your family and friends and, and others um, that you just are not able to do if, if you're not healthy. Yeah, definitely. Well, to wrap up, I always like to ask, I ask the same question every time at the end because it's a good question. So I'm not going to get rid of it, right? But what is the advice that you would give to a young adult in the church now, in terms of whatever it may be, right? Faith, education, um, even like dating, whatever, right? What what advice would you give? Oh, interesting, great question. I would, kind of two parts, I think. I would say, be ambitious. Be as ambitious in building relationships with your family and friends as you are with your in building your career, be ambitious in building your, your gospel foundation um, as you are in, in building your career. And I think as, as you do that, you'll find the right balance. And one thing that, uh, that caused a, a pivot in my career early on was I realized that the path that I was on would not allow me to provide any meaningful church service. 
And so that caused me to kind of step back and look at where I was going and, and make a pivot. Um, but that, that decision has been a great blessing. Um, but I'd also say that let God prevail. And as we let God prevail, the decisions that we make will continually be easier to make. I, I have a strong testimony of that. I know it's true. Yeah. So we, these, these general themes that I'm getting are have faith, of course, but move forward with that faith, with ambition. Right, always trying to to get a little bit better and be the best version of yourself, and then don't do it alone. Right? Yep, yeah, that that kind of sums it up, Austin. Awesome. Well, good. I think that's a perfect place for us to stop. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.